You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. As I pre-record this podcast, the S&P 500 is down at about one and three quarters percent. The US dollar, when it comes to the dollar index anyway, is at a multi-year high or just off a multi-year high. So a couple of things are happening in the world's most important market, because let's not forget that the US economy is the world's biggest and most influential market with me, therefore, to assess these very, very interesting issues. Lee Adler from the Wall Street Examiner. The reason I reached out to you a couple of days ago, Lee, was because of the the US dollar. And I felt that something might be going on. And then after the dollar strengthened, the US stock market started to weaken. And I think the two might be interlinked. Do you want to start with the stock market or with the US dollar? Well, yeah, stock market problems are always preceded by uh, liquidity problems. The liquidity tightness comes first and then... uh, Investors and traders and banks and dealers are forced to liquidate equities in order to uh, free up some liquidity. So liquidity precedes whatever is going to happen next. And obviously, we had a uh, seizing up of liquidity in in the U.S. and and the world. Uh, But starting about two weeks ago, we kind of hit a wall. And at that point, the Fed jumped into action and began issuing these uh, massive. Uh, And so far, while that has stabilized money rates, uh, now we're starting to see some liquidation in stocks. And today it's pretty dramatic. We had uh, a gap down opening in the S&P 5 from about uh, 29.38 or so to around uh, 2926, about a dozen points, and straight down from there that hasn't bounced at all. Uh, So we'll have to see how the afternoon recovery goes. Normally, the thing starts to bounce at about 1030 a.m. here, which is one hour after the opening, and it hasn't bounced at all. Uh, So that should happen at some point here, and then we'll see how high that gets. Then we'll get to what I call 230 turn time which is an hour and a half before the close in New York. And uh, that's usually a pivotal time. I saw yesterday, when when I was watching last night's sell-off, in South African time, last night's sell-off, I thought it was quite orderly. I thought it was very reasonable, and it almost as though people were just taking a few profits. There was no one but getting aggressive about selling and often trying to get it down below key levels, etc. And yeah, and then this morning, the S&P futures at around about four or five o'clock, again, my time, yeah, they were doing okay. They were up six or seven points. And then suddenly something happened. And whether it would be North Korea or tweets from Trump or Boris Johnson, whoever it was, something happened and the market started going down. Today, the fall that I'm seeing, and I've got the S&P 500 December futures down 50 points at the moment or 1.7%. Today seems a little bit more sinister. Are you sensing that as well? Yeah, it's a, it's an important technical break. I don't know about sinister but there's just not enough cash around and uh, stocks need to be liquidated. And they've been liquidated with a vengeance today. And there was an important technical breakdown. Once the market fell below uh, 29.45 on the S&P yesterday, uh, that was a pretty important technical break. So the technical traders came in and and, uh, started selling this morning and that has continued. And um, I guess the next important support area is like around the 28, 50, 60 area. So we'll have to see if we get a rebound from that. But 
just in, in technical terms, it looks it looks bad. It, lo- it looks bearish. Mm. And and you know, I'm talking about in the very short run. But I just plugged this morning's numbers into some daily and weekly charts, and they look horrible. It, 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 this is a very significant break if it sticks close today. Okay, when you say it looks terrible, and you you've sort of contextualized that by saying it's short term. But is there a potential for this to become long term? Is this a shot across the bow and then we stabilize and then we go into something which we've been waiting for now for 10 and a half years, i.e. a 15, 20, 25 percent sell off? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The, uh, the market was looking great a couple of weeks ago. The technical indicators all look positive and it, it, everything looked primed for a breakout in the S&P. Uh, 3,000, 3, a nice round number. It went through that. It held up there for a couple of days. It, it did that in July. It did that again here. And everything looked primed for a breakout. But it failed. And uh, now the charts have turned around from looking to be primed for a breakout to having this gorgeous jubble, double top between July and September. And that's awfully reminiscent of 2007 when, when we had two tops in the S&P 500 I believe it was in May and then September. So this is very similar. And it's an ugly, ugly pattern from a longer-term perspective, too, on the weekly charts. Mm. Um, the uh, We had come up to a very long-term trend line under the underside of it. And by failing to break out and turning and breaking that trend line again, uh, the implications aren't just over the next couple days. We're talking months and potentially that major bear market that I was looking for last year, well, it may just be ready to rear its ugly head at this point. I sure as hell wouldn't want to be long stocks. Here, no way. Okay, what about the euro dollar? I mean, let's have a look at the euro dollar, which is the, the, the measure that I look at. I don't look at the dollar index. Anyway, it's called euro dollar. Uh, let's call it 109. Cheap. And, and I mean, Euro's cheap. Yeah, but what I look at is the, the news that says there's a, a shortage of dollars. That is why the dollar is so strong. People are buying the U.S. dollar. Can you contextualize that? That's the second time I've used that word. But what is the significance of the strength of the U.S. dollar when it comes to other asset classes, would you say? Well, the world is overloaded with dollar-denominated debt. And there aren't there aren't enough dollars around to repay those debts. So the dollar wrong demand, so to service all that dollar denominated debt. I mean that's oversimplifying it. But when the Fed decided in late 2017 that it was going to contract its balance sheet, there was there were there was a lot of uh, excess dollars around. Well, that's no longer the case. By shrinking its balance sheet and then holding it flat. And of course, the ECB got out of the quantitative easing business for a year and a half or so. And Japan was pulling in its two horns. So we went from a system that was over-liquefied to a system that was suddenly that the immense mountain of debt that had built up became material because there weren't enough dollars around to service that debt. And suddenly, equally suddenly, two weeks ago, the Fed was forced to spring into emergency action, and it issued, in, in the space of two weeks, over $200 billion worth of new credit. There weren't enough dollars around. And it, even that doesn't seem to be enough if we believe what's going on here in the stock market is material. And I do. 
Something's happening. I can sense something is happening. I mean, we've spoken about internal politics in certain countries. We've spoken about geopolitics over the over the couple of years that we've been speaking. The but this time there almost seems to be a concatenation of circumstances that are coming together at this time, and we can't ignore them. Yeah. The, well, the, the politics are you know we're we're in a disaster at this point. But uh, one of the things I learned recently is that the stock market in when the Nazis seized control in 1932. Or, um, so, you know, political instability where you have fascists taking over isn't necessarily on its own bearish. Obviously, they're going to destroy everything in their path. And it seems like, you know, the, the, the Trump regime is just going scorched earth at this point. The things that are coming out now are horrifying. And, um, you know, his secretary of state has told Congress to basically uh, F you. We're not going to cooperate with your uh, impeachment investigation. So they're telling a branch of the U.S. government that they're just going to defy, you know, the law and the Constitution and do whatever the hell they want. It's a very scary inflection point here in the U.S. It, it's Fortunately, some people are starting to stand up and defend the Constitution, but we are very inflection point here, and it's not clear, you know, whether this thing is going to go completely haywire or not. But we're getting to this this stage that I've been worried about, where you know, internal government strife could lead to some kind of a cataclysm. I've just spoken to a very good Jewish friend of mine who's a regular commentator on strictlybusinesspodcast.com. He's a regular visitor to New York because he has family there. He's been there for Rosh Hashanah, and he says he's never right. seen such a division in the U.S. between various, not factions, but, I mean, from families to Democrats to Republicans. There is a divisive chasm in the United States at the moment, and he says it's, he finds it very disturbing. What about you down there in Florida? Yeah, I try to stay away from the uh, the Trumpophiles. You know, the uh, <laughs> you know the, all the Nazis need is twenty five, thirty percent. Once you know, and then they rule by intimidation and fear. And uh, the the Trump Nazi Party has intimidated the Republican parties. The, the Republican, the regular Republicans, into marching in step through fear and intimidation. The Congress, the uh, Republican Senate, uh, they're all afraid of losing their jobs, so they do what the dictator wants. Um, but they're, you know, obviously the signs are coming out that people are deeply troubled in the Republican Party, but still none of them have had the courage to stand up and, st- and say no. So, yeah, we have these immense divisions. The majority doesn't like what's going on here. But like I said, all the Nazis need, his history shows, 25, 30 percent. And through fear and intimidation and a constant stream of lies, they can drive the narrative. Well, they've started to lose control of that narrative. Now, Trump is losing control. Things are coming out. People that are worried about their own skins are starting to speak out. And, you know, everything's coming unhinged. Do you think Trump is a modern day Nazi? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No question about it. I mean, it even came out yesterday that somebody leaked that uh, in his discussions over the board, I wanted to fill a moat with snakes and alligators and that he wanted to um, anyone climbing, attempting to climb this wall that he's going to build, he wanted to shoot them. Well, when his advisors told him that that wouldn't be legal, he said, well, can't we shoot them in the legs? So. 
Well, this is insane. And, you know, obviously Hitler was insane, but he was uh, he was a genius in, in knowing how to intimidate and manipulate and uh, rule by fear and lies. And, and Trump is the same kind of character. So he has no compunction about shooting people, none whatsoever. It's very disturbing. He, he wants, in, in fact, he wants, he, he uh, claims that the uh, Congressman Schiff, who will be heading up the initial state, is a traitor. And, you know, he wants to out the whistleblower. You know, he's put a target on that guy's head or, or woman. We don't know if it's a man or a woman, but the, the um, you know, all of these are the signs of a dictator running amok. And yet the American people voted him in. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. He lost the popular vote by three million votes. And who knows whether one of these or two of these states were manipulated or thrown or rigged, uh, you know, the voting machines behind the scenes to to give him the tiniest of majorities so that the Electoral College would fall into his control. Well, now we look at the 2018 congressional election, which surprised the heck out of me because I thought for sure that would be rigged. And the Democrats got 8 million more votes than the Republicans in, in taking over the House. So it's pretty clear that if you want to use that as a poll, that the vast majority or the majority of Americans do not like what he's doing. And he doesn't have broad popular support. But at the same time, like I said, he doesn't need it. Yeah, there's a few hillbillies out there that uh, wouldn't understand what you've just said, but we'll have to wait until 2020. It's not just hillbillies, Lindsay. It is not, you know, he has broad support among the 1%, the, the wealthy and the high income earners. Uh, his kind of racism, there are always in any society a quarter or 30% of the people who are going to support the Nazi line. That's just the way it is. That's just human nature. And that's all they need. Once they, uh, you know, once they have their cadres lined up, they know how to push the envelope. S&P is currently trading at uh, 28.89. That's the December futures contract. Uh, right. Where do you see it going from here? Where's the next 100 points, Lee Adler? Well, uh, you know, this, as I said, there's important, very important critical support around 28.50. So, you know, if we get down close to that test, it we should bounce. But ultimately, that it, it, the way this is setting up now, that's going to break down. Um, whether it, it and it could happen in the short run over the next couple of weeks. So that would be the next hundred points. But if we get a bounce first, it's a so what as far as I'm concerned. That would be an ideal opportunity to load up on the short side. How do we contact you, please? Well, you can read my free articles a couple times a week at WallStreetExaminer.com. And my proprietary work by subscription is available at liquiditytrader.com. Lee Adler, thanks so much for your time this evening. That's Lee Adler from Liquidity Trader and the Wall Street Examiner. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.